Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and nutrition superhero and Can We co-founder Dr. Donna Radic is joining me today to discuss why having all of you help us fund the very first feline AGE study is so very important. So Dr. Radic, thank you for joining me again during this important Can We Awareness Week. For some thank of you. our viewers or listeners who may not have listened into our previous interviews, can you just start by explaining to us what an AGE is and why we should be paying attention to how many of these products are in our pet food. Okay, so we all know that we're supposed to eat fresh and wholesome foods, right? That's what yep. we're supposed to get lots of vegetables and fruits and fresh foods. And well, part of the reason for that is something happens when we process foods. When we take foods and we heat them up, um, the proteins and the carbohydrates in foods will come together and they kind of, they caramelize. And that can be a good thing. Like, you know, toast, for instance, yep. has that brown yep. crust. Or creme brulee. That's a good oh, example. Yes. Very, very tasty. Very tasty. <laughs> that caramelization <laughs> is great for flavor. But if that process goes too far, it can form a, a compound. Those proteins, carbs kind of glom on and form a compound. And that compound is what we call an advanced glycation end product. It's beyond tasting good. Now it becomes the enemy. Advanced glycation end products, or what we abbreviate as AGEs, are the, are the enemy. And they're in our diets. And there's high levels. It's been shown there's high levels in processed human foods. And those advanced glycation end products, those AGEs, when we ingest them, they actually can do damage to some of our own tissues. And they can be driving some of the disease states that we commonly see in, in, in people today. For instance, um, osteoarthritis, kidney disease, um, uh, diabetes, aging. There's been some studies where they're yeah. even suggesting its role in cancer. Yeah. So the question, we started to look at or think about is we know that our dogs and cats, most of them are eating processed foods. Yeah. And, 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 and what, Dr. what does Donna, that mean? So here's my question. As a board certified nutritionist, you're aware of this. I have heard that, that pet food, kibble specifically, has been heated to over 400 degrees, that the raw materials going into pet food have sometimes been heated four times before they end up on a shelf uh, at your local store where you're going to buy it. Is that true, Donna, that, that pet foods are, I mean, that, that the extrusion process, it, are we heating foods at really high temperatures over and over? And if so, that has to be monumental at creating these products, right? Right. The pet food, um, in order to make pet foods, they do, they, they make a dough and, and there's various steps to it where it's heated and then there's an extrusion process where there's actually like pressure put on. And there's been studies, and the pet food industry has actually done some of these, where they know that those proteins and carbs come together and, and actually form compounds. They know that that happens. Um, the, the temperatures may not be super, super high, but it's, it's the fact that it, it happens repeatedly and yeah. then the pressure 
as well may be a factor, yep. but they know it well enough to know that some of the protein in, in pet diets gets damaged such that they have to even add back some specific types of, of amino acids, the building blocks of proteins to make the diet totally, you know, have enough amino acids or enough protein, especially yeah. for growth. So they know this process happens in pet diets for sure from all the processing that happens. And there's good parts to processing because guess what? If shelf, shelf life stable, is there, it makes bet. it convenient. But are there some negatives to that? Right. And that's what's so awesome is we know about, I mean, there's thousands of research papers on advanced glycation end products for in, in, in what, what it does to human bodies. But I'm only aware of two studies of the levels being measured in dog fur, but certainly no studies looking at the levels in urine or blood that I'm aware of um, across different types of foods. So uh, this research project that CanWe has, has undertaken it's pretty monumental. It is. It, it's very, very exciting. First of all, there's not... Cat nutrition yeah. is a, a, an area that we need a ton of research in. Yeah. Um, but for us, we, we've already done some work with these AGEs in, in dog diets, and we're actually looking at some of the data in dog blood and urine, and now we're coming together to say, okay, what about our kitty cats? Yeah. Because they're consuming dry and canned foods as well. Most of our kitty cats eat dry and canned food their entire life. So what is the AGE levels going to look like in, in uh, the canned, dry, yeah. processed cat foods? And what potentially could be the effects in cats? You know, I just thinking about you running those tests and looking at the results, I think you should sit down when you get the test results because I have a feeling we will all need to sit down. I think we could be overwhelmed at the level of toxins in highly processed cat food. I really, I really do. So, so when you were thinking about putting together a study for kitties, what would a study for cats look like, Donna? Like what would you, how would you approach putting together a cat study? Well, I went back to our research teams. We have we have a great group of researchers, PhDs, and scientists, and and we're developing a study where we're thinking what we need to do is to take about at least 20 cats. We need to look at healthy cats, and then what you want to do is you want to take and match those healthy cats to cats with a particular disease state. And because so much of the information right now about AGEs is being linked to human diabetes, we started talking about diabetes in cats. So what we want to do is find 20 healthy cats and match them up with 20 fairly stable diabetic cats, collect and get the information about what they're eating right at that moment, okay? So then we could actually measure the levels of AGEs in those 20 healthy cats and 20 diabetic cats, so we know the level of intake that those cats have, and we could actually measure the levels of AGEs in those cats right at that point in time. So there we've got a starting point. Then what we started talking about is, okay, and they've done this in some of the human studies, what would happen if we take and we decrease their intake of AGEs in the healthy cats and in the cats with diabetes? What types of changes could we see? And we can look at a, a lot of markers. We can look at 
the things that we look in diabetes, right? Fructosamines, blood glucose. Um, we could even potentially look at A1Cs. There, there are some tests that have been developed to look at A1Cs in cats. So what we would do is actually have physical markers to see if there is some changes that occur in these cats on our healthy cats and our diabetic cats and comparing them when we take them from their current diets to diets that are, are lower in AGEs. So we could generate a ton of information, information about all different types of cat diets and the levels of AGEs in those diets, the levels that are in the healthy cats levels compared to healthy cats to diabetic cats, and then what happens when you change those diets to lower AGE levels. What are we gonna see then? That's what we're thinking about for this next phase and this next extension for can we to move into. Well, and that is incredible because as you mentioned, the, the amount of research done on cat nutrition in general is lacking to say, to say it lightly, really. We just don't have a whole lot of great unbiased sound feline nutrition research at all. And this sounds like a fantastic project. Can I ask, <laughs> When you look at pricing, what would a study like this entail in terms of cost? We've put together some numbers, and, and we think we had a project like this, we can get done somewhere around 100 to 150,000. It's helped us a lot that we've gotten some of the, you know, the nuts and bolts put together in the first, first study we've done um, with the dogs and with the dog food. So, you know, taking what we've built already with the labs and getting tests standardized, it'll be much easier the second time. So we're thinking a, a CAT study like this, somewhere between 100 and 150,000, and we can get this done. Okay, which is, it sounds like a, a, a ton of money, but really when it comes to research, all in all, that's actually um, a shockingly low price tag, uh, at least in my experience. I, I'm not in clinical research, but I think that um, compared to other studies that run oftentimes a quarter of a million dollars or more, I think that this is a tremendous amount of information for a, for a fairly um, moderate price tag. Donna, what would be the end results coming out uh, What when this research project could be funded, said and done, and we have the information, how would this directly benefit cat parents, kitty veterinarians, and pet food manufacturers around the world? How, how will this research improve quality of life? I, I think it's really an exciting study because like first, like we've said, and we don't know a lot about cat nutrition. We, I, I mean, we know some, but we, we don't know enough. Um, I mean, we have diets that, you know, for diabetes, we have diets for kidney disease in cats, we have diet, but that's after they have diseases. So a study like this can give us a better understanding of how these diseases actually occur in our kitty population. Um, also, you know, there's this ongoing debate in, in the pet food industry world um, and nutritionists about, you know, cats are carnivores, right? Carnivores, so they have a protein requirement. And, and our pet diets, because when you make pet diets and you make that dough, you have carbohydrates in it. And, and how much carbohydrates? What should they have carbohydrates? Should they have any carbohydrates? So there's this ongoing debate about cats and, and protein levels and carbohydrate levels. And, and I think the study is going to touch on that debate and, and help us to understand the role of proteins and, and carbohydrates and what effect that may be having on our kitties as carnivores. Yeah. Um, also, you know, the role of AGEs themselves, you know, AGEs we know 
um, are being shown to have uh, an underlying uh, problem in human diabetes. Well, cats with type 2 diabetes, the most common diabetes in people, they're actually almost like a translational model for, for understanding diabetes. So if we can understand how to better feed our diabetic cats or prevent diabetes in cats, that's going to translate to humans. So a study like this is, is really critical. Um, and, you know, we don't get opportunities like this very often. So I know there's a ton of, of you out there who are cat lovers. And, you know, we just, I will tell you as a veterinarian, as a nutritionist, and as a cat lover, there's just not enough work being done to look at cat nutrition and caring for our cats and providing for our cats to give them longer lives and better quality of lives. So this is an opportunity for all of us to come together and support a project like this as cat lovers and everything else that's gonna stem from a study like this. It's exciting. It's very exciting. And we are counting on every person interested in learning more about how food impacts feline health and well-being to become actively involved in this grassroots research project. When we know more, we can be better pet parents, we can be better veterinarians, we can be better nutritionists. So please consider supporting this important research by clicking the Can We link below. And thank you, Dr. Radedick, for sharing your passion about nutrition, but also your amazing ability to pull these types of research projects together. We could not do it without you. Thank you for this opportunity, Karen. Um, and I, I, I'm going to admit it, I'm a crazy cat lady right now, so we got to make this happen. <laughs> yeah, Thank we you. do. We do. <laughs>